0: Hello and welcome to Dirt NC. My name is Jed Byrne. Dirt NC is all about the places and spaces of North Carolina and the people who make them awesome. Today I'm joined by Marcus Ginyard. Hey Marcus, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. With, uh, t- to help everybody get to know you a little bit better, if you don't mind, can we start off with an, a little bit of an elevator pitch? So just give me the, the short 30-60 seconds on who you are and what you do.
1: Hello, everybody listening. My name is Marcus Ginyard. Uh I am currently employed at Metalist Capital where I am currently working on a multifamily investment sales team. Um, grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. Went and played college basketball at the University of North Carolina. Took that on overseas for 11 years as I lived and played throughout Europe and uh, just moved back here to North Carolina just about two years ago.
0: Awesome, awesome. So we'll we'll get into to all that, and I definitely want to spend a good amount of time talking about medalist capital and and the business world. But to start off, you know, you mentioned your world travels. Um, you played in North Carolina. You know, spent time in New York and Virginia. Th- this show is all about places and spaces. So, so of all those places that you've been, what are kind of some of the top memories or places and spaces from from your life? Before coming back to North Carolina
1: places and spaces I love that um well full disclosure I spent very little time in that place called New York uh was born there but but moved out of New York uh, at a very very young age um grew up in the Washington DC area which um still to, to one extent is a favorite of mine considering it's kind of uh where a lot of my roots are but I'd say the vast majority of my favorites are uh, happen to be across the Atlantic. Uh, one of which would, would be France. I guess if I had to choose one, um, France would probably be my favorite space, but, um, was very lucky to visit and, and live in and, and travel to a bunch of amazing places around the world. Um, and I'd have to, I'd have to mention Costa Rica as well. So we'll just leave it at top two, um, probably France and Costa Rica.
0: Awesome. Awesome. They, uh, both good places. So I've heard um, when it comes to France, and again, maybe we can maybe we can focus on France. I heard a uh, a story on a previous podcast that you did about how when when you were living in France, you know the the coffee shop kind of became the epicenter of your home. And and as you think about entering a new place, and again, I think you you've done this. Sounds like a lot more than most people. When you go to a new place. Um, is that where you start? Like, do you, do you find a, a coffee shop or a hub to start exploring a new place? And if so, what's kind of the, the next step after that? How do you, how do you get accustomed to a place or how do you get your kind of your roots, um, grounded in a new place when you, uh, when you find yourself there?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a very interesting kind of analogy you're using with, with roots. You know, you, you figure you take any seed and you, you know, you throw it in, in, in some soil, you know, that's just kind of the epicenter. That's the starting point. And, you know, depending on what you're planning, you know, one year, five years, 10 years later, you, you're going to see a root system that goes well beyond that, that center point. And for me, after a couple of years of, of moving around over in Europe, it, I, I just found that I always started with the coffee shop. That's where I wanted to kind of start my morning. Um, That's where I wanted to get out of my apartment for a quiet, Place, but also kind of with some energy. You're seeing people moving in and out. And, um, and so I just always started at, at a local coffee shop. It was always a big, not always, but became a big fan of coffee and, and wanting to go to places that weren't Starbucks and things like that. Right. So I wanted to go to a, a local spot that, you know, really put some thought and attention into where they were getting their beans and all that other stuff. So um, it, it just always started at a coffee shop. And then, of course, you go in every day. And you know you start to see some of the same people, and the people there start to recognize you and get to know you and and then it just kind of all builds from there. You get to see so many different people that come in to consume coffee, right? You got the business guy coming in, you got you know I don't know somebody who who works at a retail store next door, and you know somebody who works at the bank and all, all those different kind of things, but you get to see and and interact with so many different people. And, and then for me, with my personality being kind of outgoing and wanting to talk to people and wanting to meet people, it just always seems to be a great place to start. And then from there, everything just kind of branches
0: out. Yeah, that's um, one of my uh, favorite things about real estate is I take a lot of meetings in coffee shops and always have. And, and I enjoy coffee. I wouldn't call myself an aficionado, but I always like that I get to tell my my passion for real estate and real estate development story, typically in a coffee shop. And, and you get to look around and say, you know, without... The world of real estate and and the industry, you you probably wouldn't have places like this. And you can look and you can see there's business people and there's people you know out for lunch. There's people on a date. There's people starting new businesses and hatching ideas and plans. And it it really is a cool um, epicenter of of all this activity. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't think I'd have it any other way. I, I love being in those places. Um, in your travels. And, and again, maybe you can compare now that, now that North Carolina is your home again. Was there anything when you were traveling outside of North Carolina, let's say, that you just wish you could have taken with you? And vice versa. Was there anything from, we can call it France, we can call it somewhere else that you've been, Costa Rica, that you just, man, you just really wish you could snap your fingers and bring it back here?
1: Something w- where I went that I'd want to bring back.
0: Yep, or or and or the reverse, right? What what from North and Carolina do you wish you could you could bring with you that you couldn't, and what do you wish uh, from overseas that you could bring back to North Carolina?
1: Great question. Um, I, you know, when I first got to Europe, and this is this is also just like uh, somebody who didn't live there, who is just trying to figure it out. Um, so not to say that like it didn't exist there, but um. One of the first places, I guess it was my third year, my third year in Poland, I remember it being so difficult to find peanut butter. I like wasn't that big of a thing, at least where I was, I just like, it was tough to find, you know, later on in my career, it it was a lot easier to get in a lot of different places, but like starting off, that was like one of the first things that I like wish I could have like brought a couple of tubs of peanut butter with me. It's <laughs> um, strange. This I think a lot of these things are going to be kind of circled around food. Um, when I was in France, most recently, a couple of years ago, um, I ran into the most incredible, incredible bag of truffle potato chips. Like there's a few brands here that like do truffle chips and they're like, you kind of get the truffle vibe, but like, these were next level um, to the point where when I was in France, I was buying them by the, the box, which I think was like, I don't know, like 20 bags in the box or something like that. Like I was, <laughs> I could have started my own little store there. Um, but in all seriousness, I think that that's a difficult question for me to answer because of kind of the mindset that I had at least on the first question, I guess, what from North Carolina did I want to bring with me? I almost didn't want to, right? I, I wanted to I wanted to 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 fully invest in where I was and to kind of be completely immersed in what I was. I didn't want to bring North Carolina with me. I wanted to find what was there and experience what was there. Um, and I know that kind of like, Close up the question a bit but I think it's an interesting opportunity to just kind of talk through what my mindset was when I was going over there and and how I looked at my time there and I think because of that mindset I was able to um appreciate things a lot more and I was able to experience life there in a way um that that was just that had more more presence to it you know I, I was really there in the moment really focusing on what life was for me there
0: yeah, again I, I think that's a, a wholly appropriate answer and and from previous interviews and conversations I've heard of yours I think that was a it sounds like a very beneficial change in a frame of mind right to to fully invest yourself in it. and I love that word invest and so so maybe we carry that on you know is there or how is it different now that you've you know you lived in in North Carolina when you were younger at Chapel Hill and you've you've gone overseas and you've come back does does that desire to invest in your place here carry on? I mean, is is it a challenge because this isn't a a brand new place for you? Does that make it harder or are you finding ways to actively invest? Not, not financially, but, um, and invest your efforts in, in this place and making this place of you and making you of this place, um, like you did when you were overseas.
1: I I mean, absolutely. And, um, it, it is, In a way, a a new place, you know, I was, one, coming to school here in in the Triangle in Chapel Hill was was a phenomenal experience. But um, one could argue that I was very much in a small box when I was here. Um, Also, just the time in my life and what I was going through, you know, as an 18 to 22 year old young man. Um, it's very different now than someone who's in their mid thirties in the professional realm. Right. And so um, when you think about coming back here, what, almost two years ago, it really is a kind of a whole new world. It's a, you know, North Carolina has changed. Um, I've changed, um, you know, and, and the time that I'm spending here is very much different than, than the time I, I spent in, in college. And so it's, it's a new experience for sure. And I have, Done, a, um, I think, a, a decent job, at, at least, of, of trying to reinvest. And in, in I've said a lot of times kind of getting my roots set down here again. Um, this was one of the places that always uh, kind of had a, a strong gravity to it when I was gone. So I would go play in, in Europe and I'd come back to the U.S. And it turned out that I started spending most of my time here in North Carolina during that time when I was not playing. And so it was always a place that, that kind of had a pull for me. And so to, you know, to kind of make it home for me was, was a huge investment. Uh, I purchased a, a home here in, in Chapel Hill five or six years ago, even when I was still playing um, and then just purchased another home in, in Durham about a year and a half ago. And so, um, while that is let's say technically a, a financial investment really just kind of that mindset of being here it, investing my time here um, you know it's, it's been a, a huge thing for me since I've been back like you know really trying to get involved more with the university and with other you know professional organizations and and, and, um, and community organizations since I've been back here and I, I've done a, a great job of trying to build that web as well to your point of like investing not only financially but you know emotionally and um with your time as well
0: yeah no I, i like that um and there's a quote i am totally gonna botch it about a person can't step into the same river twice right not only has the river changed but the person has changed as well and i feel like when you were saying that that's what i get this this image of a river it's like right you can come back to the same place you can you can you can come back to the dean dome but the the dean dome's changed and you've changed and um i don't think that's a bad thing but it's it's I like good that. to hear I'll, I'll see if I'll see if I can't dig it up and find, find the, the attribution and give you the actual quote because again I'm sure I botched it. But um, well, bef- before we started recording, uh, you know, and again going going off of, of some other things you mentioned of, of being you know coffee aficionado uh, from from the sounds of it, you uh, you've gotten uh, you, you've learned a thing or two about wine in your time overseas, and and maybe cigars play play a role in this uh, what I consider interests. Um, and delicacies that you talked about, but we all, you've also mentioned other food and, and, um, juices. And, and I know fitness is a big part of, of your life still. So what, what are some, some places in, in those regards, or I guess in those veins of, of things that you're passionate about that you find to be kind of top notch when when you go, you know, where, where are you going if you're going to go shop for cigars or, or buy some wine locally, uh, or coffee or, or fitness? Um, what are your go-to spots?
1: it's so interesting to kind of like throw the the wine and the cigar into the the fitness conversation it's all the same Um, same thing
0: right (laughs) you know yoga and cigars that's a thing it's it's totally cool
1: yeah um you know it's funny i was in charlotte this this weekend for some for some real estate education classes and there was a cigar shop underneath um where I was taking class, but it ended up closing before I could get to it. So um, I am actually cigars were kind of close to the top of my mind, but um, you know, I just, I, I really love to, you know, as I mentioned before, very outgoing, love to meet new people. So I, I just like going to places where I feel that sense of community. Mm. So coffee shops are up there. Um, I also love to, to, to move my body. Um, obviously as a, you know, a former professional athlete, you know, I'm movement is very, very important to me. Uh, it's funny I'm sitting in my office right now and I'm looking at a lacrosse ball that I use to roll my foot out while I'm standing at my desk. I got a, um, I got a foam roller over here in my office as well. I joke with everybody in here that you know we need a little recovery station and um, physical therapy station in the office. make sure we keep moving. but uh, yoga studios are, are high on my list and so I'm um, very grateful to have found a, a yoga community here locally. I'm at Midtown yoga um i feel bad i don't want to start throwing out too many names and like leading folks out um, that's fair but um you know but the idle hour and and, and jubala here in town have have been have been great um also to your point i'm a huge fan of wine and have started to you know really kind of dive into the world of wine um, after my time in france where i really kind of just fell in love with this idea of wine, and so. Um, places like the wine feed, um, here and in Durham and the Wella wine bar and rocks acid in Chapel Hill, DD 7 in Chapel Hill. I mean, a, a bunch of great places, um, that I love to, to enjoy wine. And again, more than anything, it's, it's that sense of community. Yeah. Um, so just getting with other people who are also passionate about that and, and being able to share stories and get to know people and, um, to me that's what makes all of those all of those places really really special
0: yeah i i think that um i was I was writing down a couple of notes to myself you know when, when you made when you made the point about my uh kind of opposites of you know wine and cigars and fitness, you yeah, know, but to me that, that just kind of speaks to balance right. Like the, the, those it's it's good to have both, right. You don't want to be too far on one end of the spectrum on either end of the spectrum. I don't think to have, if if you want to have balance in your life and, and that aspect of community and all of those things you mentioned, you know, it just, it reminds me of, of the last few years and especially early on, you know, in COVID, when things started to, to open back up, I think you found Both a an appreciation and a strength in local businesses that had that extra level of community. You know, I think the places that had the most community were able to to bounce back, and and their community embraced them, and they embraced their community. And I and I do think that is such a very important aspect of not just, you know, towns and places and spaces, but, you know, we're in the, we're in the real estate business. And I think that's an extremely important aspect of the real estate business. At the end of the day, it helps provide community, um, of all types. And, and I think, um, that, I don't know, there's just a certain aspect of, of magic in my mind of, of that community. So I think that's a perfect word to describe all those things. And if, and people can find their community in different things and they can find their community in different places, but, uh, it's good to hear that you're you're finding your community here um so so with that maybe we can transition a little bit towards business and and i want to talk about medalist capital um but maybe before we jump into that there was this this idea that you and i talked about before recording of you know not many people certainly at at your age have gone through I won't say such a, a deep transition but you know you mentioned being basketball was a priority for 30 years right so so most people don't go spend 30 years on a career and then transition at all much less um, you know at the, at the age that you are and so talk to me a bit about that transition and where you know just, just how it's gone and how it's been and, and, and did you have experiences prior to making that transition that helped or how did you think um, about it before and, and how are you, how are things going now?
1: Yeah, gosh. What um, an intense question. Um, this transition is certainly still ongoing. Yeah. Um, it has been, um, but very challenging. And I think to no surprise to anyone listening, also very rewarding. Um, I I think it's pretty well documented that the most challenging things kind of offer the the most reward. And, um, it's just been a great eye opening experience, a great experience for, um, you know, to be outside of your comfort zone and, and to, to experience growth in a very, um, like a a pressure cooker type situation, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to to make such a big change so fast. Um, I think one might say it was a little crazy and, um, ill-advised, but also kind of those things where you just dive in and, and just kind of hold on and you experience so many amazing things, throughout the process of just kind of figuring out and and getting a little beat up in the process. Um, I'd had very, I had some, a few different kind of experiences in in the world outside of sports. Um, You know, when I was in school, you know, a lot of people talk about this and kind of joke about it, but I think it was a great experience for me. Uh, When I was in school, there was a, a few different kind of side jobs that I had. One was, a, a very legitimate internship in in, uh, in the summer with a, a wealth management firm in Chapel Hill, which obviously kind of at a very basic fundamental level kind of opened my eyes to to, um, to that world. And then I was able to work a job as a delivery driver for a local. Um, food spot on Franklin Street, um skis Which um again, everybody's like, Man, I've heard this kind of joke and prank that you would like deliver people's food. And you know, while I guess it was a very strange thing to to see a a current student athlete um you know coming in and delivering your food. It was a real job for me that I took very seriously because yeah. I, I wanted to have some extra money. And so um, unfortunately, we didn't have that, those lovely uh, NIL deals that we're hearing about these days. But, um, you know, that, that also just gave me a, a different perspective on, on life, right? You know, to, to work in the service industry and to, to, to see what that life is like. Um, and I also had an opportunity to uh, work as a valet driver at the Carolina Inn. Um, or ballet attendant, or however you want to call it, and so uh, you know, parked cars for a couple of months at, at the Carolina Inn, which again, just another kind of—it sounds a little strange to kind of mix into all, all of my experiences, but I, I took a lot from that, and, and and can really kind of appreciate a lot of people that work in, in those those types of service jobs, and um, and then later on, um, after college, was able to do a, uh, an internship at the Rams Club. Um, when I was still playing and, and a kind of a, a, prolonged summer stint that I had. And so had some various experiences of like all kinds of different little things here, but, um, but at least I was familiar with and open to the idea of getting involved with something that had nothing to do with, you know, basketball, you know, I wasn't coaching or, you know, anything that kind of, I mean, not to take anything away from that, but like the things that are kind of ancillary to what you've already been doing and it's a little easier to kind of go from playing to coaching or from playing to player development or you know something like that and um I, I guess I was just kind of interested in something um a little more drastic and to kind of really step away and, and, and get going and um you know a completely different realm and so like I said that transition has been difficult it's been hard but um I, I, it's been super rewarding and learning a ton and, 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 growing a lot. So I'm excited about it.
0: Well, that's, that's, that's awesome. And, and I, I did, I read about some of your, your previous experiences. And, and again, my, I think it's um, I think it's nothing but positive, but you, you mentioned two phrases in, in your description of the transition uh, you said it was a pressure cooker and you said it's beating you up a little bit or, or, or there's opportunities to get beaten up a little bit, not physically, but you know, just it's, it's a big change. And I wonder, in in thinking about opportunities for yourself and kind of looking to the future, again, to be clear, I know nothing about basketball or any athletics at any high level. But my sense is you're in a unique position where, where pressure in your mind and in your experience is vastly different and probably to a much higher degree than most people experience, right? I mean, when you talk about pressure, you've been in, like I would assume, some very high pressure situations. Same thing with getting beat up, right? I mean, physically, you know, basketball's a, a physical sport. And, um, you know, you've no doubt gone through some challenges and trials and tribulations. And I wonder, from your perspective, does does that, I don't want to say give you opportunities, because I feel like that's the wrong word. Do you think that those previous experiences allow you to to pursue opportunities differently than somebody without those experiences might, or when an opportunity is presented or you see something, you know, that's, that becomes an option for you. How how does your previous experience allow you to tackle those opportunities in a different way? Do you think?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think that there's so much that I take from, uh, my experience as a, as an athlete, you know, to, to my work today and to be fair, as I talk about having my lacrosse ball and my foam roller in my office, I, I think that I do get beat up physically in this job as well. Fair, <laughs> I mean, okay, it's, okay. It's, uh, I was so lucky for so long for my job to be getting and keeping my body in the best shape possible. And it is absolutely incredible how difficult it is to have to intentionally carve that time out in the midst of a lot of other things so anyway yeah. just to step off of, uh, off of that so box for a second but um so get yourself standing desks guys move around in the office keep keep moving let's take let's care not of your body. stagnant here exactly but um you know i think that to your point about the you know the pressure and i mean i i see I, I don't I can't really speak to how I see my situation different from somebody else who that maybe play, uh, you know, high level athletics. But I can tell you that from, from my perspective, I see those pressure situations and the difficult situations um, in, in a way where it, it gets me excited. You know, I, I love to to be in meetings and hear about prospects that, you know, a lot of you know, people might say they're, they're whale hunting and okay, great. It's somebody that we may not land, but what are we, let's, let's go try anyway. Right? <laughs> like what, what let's, let's, I mean, to, to fail for me, um, is, is really p- part of that process, you know? And so I, I guess to have a, for fear to affect me maybe a little differently, um, of course, I, I'm still afraid of a lot of things and, it, it, you know, sometimes gets in the way. But I, I think for the most part, I see that more as a challenge and something that I want to dive into. Um, I'm certainly, you know, not afraid of th- those moments where you're kind of just like head down and kind of grinding it out. You know, it's like that's also been something that I've, I've done for the vast majority of my life, um, you know, doing all the things that you know, are going to be helpful that you don't really want to do, you know, like I didn't love waking up and lifting weights at six o'clock in the morning or doing dribbling drills for 15 minutes a day. Like that's, I mean, while I knew I was going to help me, I didn't, I don't know that I really loved it, but you know, yeah. but, I, but I loved, but I love the overall process. I loved the idea that I was getting better. Right. And I love the idea that I was helping to put myself in a better position. So, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, I I guess when the when the lights are on and they're and they're bright and there's a chance you could lose and there's a chance you you could get embarrassed. I'm still pretty open to walking into that arena and and being there and 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 giving it a shot. And I think that that's something that I've I've taken from you know my experience as an athlete and and something that I think is um you know a strength of mine moving forward into the business world.
0: Yeah. No. I I can appreciate that. I uh, I think that that sounds like it'll benefit you a lot in, in the, in the new career. So, so let's talk about that. Medalist Capital, um, I'm familiar, but every, everybody listening might not be. So if you could tell, tell us a little bit about what Medalist Capital does. Um, and then we'll talk about, about your piece of the team as well. Sure.
1: So Medalist Capital is a commercial real estate financial services firm, uh, which mainly has focused on our debt brokerage side of the business. Um, helping to broker commercial mortgages for owners and operators and institutions and all the way down the line. Um, And and recently have kind of started to um, expand our services um, with some kind of dedicated teams to to other areas. Um, For example, um, our investment sales platform that we're building out now um, that we kind of launched about a year and a half ago, starting with our, our flex and industrial investment sales team. Uh, we have a multifamily investment sales team that we are just getting off of the ground um, as we speak. And we also have an equity platform that we are working to build out as well, helping you know our clients um, find that equity portion of the capital stack as well. And so we've kind of played in all of those spaces for the last 20 years of our existence, mm-hmm. but it was really kind of, but our debt brokers that we're also doing some kind of one-off sales and we're also kind of doing some one-off, you know, help with, with equity. And so now building out the equity and investing sales teams as completely separate and focused and dedicated platforms is new for us. So that's, that's super exciting that, that we're in growth mode right now, but um, you know, those are kind of the three main buckets to, to what we have going on over here. And then we also uh, service, loans that we originate for our 32 correspondent life insurance company. So, um, a couple of things, a lot of things going on over here, but, um, you know, in, in a nutshell, um, you know, kind of just focusing on all the, the, the financial pieces of, of commercial real estate.
0: So, so thank you for that. And, and, on, on a, I guess, kind of a simplified basis, the, the debt brokerage is about connecting, borrowers your clients through to lenders right so if correct if they need debt or they're refinancing they can come to you and you can help them find the right fit for their debt needs on the exactly on the brokerage piece and then we will talk more about investment sales on the equity side um is that i may not even know the appropriate way to ask this question or is it is it the same is it is it more of an equity brokerage model where you're connecting through or does metalist have funds? I mean, are are you guys raising equity to, to invest into deals on behalf of your clients, both on the, you know, equity provider and equity um, on the individual projects or you, is that also kind of a brokerage function where it's a um, you're connecting people to the equity sources?
1: That is also a brokerage function. So uh, all three buckets really are, are, um, you know, medalist as the intermediary. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Perfect. And then, so, so let's talk about investment sales. Is that, um, how much of your time are you spending on the investment sales bucket? So that is a new reassignment for me, kid. So oh.
1: I have just got that assignment man maybe two weeks ago. Oak City, exclusive? Ago. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Dirt
0: NC, you've heard so, it here first? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I am um, now going to be redirecting um, the vast majority of my energy to the multifamily investment sales side. Perfect. Um, today, let's call it 50-50 as I'm starting to kind of transition from um, you know, the, the, the business development side that I've been on for the last 18 months and mm-hmm. trying to find good places to Land some of those um, you know projects that I've been tracking for the last eighteen months um, whether that's you know with our equity team with our our, our debt brokerage team and so um, still spending some time continuing to, to track those things and, and and build into those relationships but um, we'll be transitioning over the next you know several months here to to really focus my time on on the multifamily investment sales side
0: perfect and and so from a um... From a geography standpoint, when you're thinking about your clients, are, are they North Carolina based? Is it Triangle? I know you guys have um, presence in other markets as well. How are you thinking from from a geography? Where do you think your ideal clients are?
1: You know that's a that's a great question, and it's been you know I, I've always been very uh, impressed with with our founder, uh, who from the very beginning chose to open offices in in Charlotte, Raleigh, Charleston, and Atlanta. And so obviously there's a very, very strong physical presence in the Southeast and Carolinas, um, which, you know, I I would imagine, I mean, I don't know the number, but a a lot of our clients are, are operating in those markets. But the beautiful thing too about that is, is we'll also have clients that are from North Carolina or have done the vast majority of their deals in North Carolina that are now looking in other markets like in Tampa or in Nashville or in Denver or, you know, wherever it may be. And so to to have that kind of crossover is great. And and then also to have clients in those other markets, for example, that I just mentioned who are looking to do deals in the Carolinas. Mm -hmm. And so we'll, we'll really, you know, we're going to focus obviously, um, where we're geographically located, but we're not, to limit ourselves to just the carolinas i I think that you know ultimately especially in the beginning we'll find that we do the vast majority of our business in the carolinas but but ultimately we'd like to follow the rest of the team in that we've brokered loans in 38 states Um, so at at some point i'd like to to kind of follow their lead and 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 have done deals in, in a lot more states than just north and south carolina but no doubt that our, our focus in in the beginning will be here in, in North and South Carolina.
0: And then for for your for the multifamily sales, are you, what what percentage I guess of your deals are going to be on the sale side versus the buy side?
1: That is a great question, and I don't have the answer for that. I um, I mean, we're certainly the great thing about where we're starting now is is having twenty plus years of mm-hmm. of clients that we've helped broker debt for mm-hmm. in the multifamily space. And so that will be a great place for us to start. Now, you know, there's a, a number of them that are, are going to be long-term holders. And there's a number of, of folks that we've dealt with that are merchant builders, for example. And so, I mean, we're just trying to figure out where the synergies lie and, and, and where we can kind of get going and, and, and get launched. But I, th- I think ultimately we'll, we'll see activity from both sides and um, you know, as, as, we get going, we'll, start to figure out what's driving our ship. Yep. Um, ultimately we, we you know, we want to find the sellers. Um, but, uh, I think that there's no question that, that we're going to be, that we're going to be dealing with both sides.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's, um, your model puts you in a, in a unique position, um, you know, on the brokerage side, investment sales, you know, there are people that that focus on the sales side, people that focus with clients and and go help them buy properties. And, and, but again, I think both historically, you guys have long-term relationships with with folks on both sides. And so it it just puts you in a unique position to capitalize on that experience and deliver um, well for those clients. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see as it, as it, uh, as the business grows um on that note growth wise and I know again you're if you're two weeks in, you probably have it all figured out already so um <laughs> but but how how are you thinking about you know i I think it's um you know again i i don't know much about basketball for sure but but I can tell well, I would believe this to be true that that you're you know in the process of trying to build a book of business for yourself that you know i guess maybe that's the question was was that type of activity a requirement in in your previous career and and if not how are you thinking about uh building that book of business and if it was you know similar you know how are you thinking about building this uh in a different or or similar way to to how you've done it before yeah i mean it's it's
1: i think it's very similar in in the way that we're thinking about it is doing the work that most people don't want to do. Working harder than the next guy and, and being good people, right. Being upfront, being honest, being straightforward, being a great communicator. Um, I mean, I, I think that ultimately, there's a certain set of skills that, are, that, that feel universal, at least to me, <laughs> you know. Um, and again, may, maybe I'm the, the, the young idiot here, but they, they, they seem pretty universal. And uh, they're, they're all the things that I had the privilege of learning through athletics. But again, you know, I, I have a, a teammate and, you know, how, how do you work with your teammate? How do you push your teammate? How do you hold your teammate and yourself accountable Again, when you're out there dealing with other people, you know how, how are you presenting yourself in a in a respectful and, and honest way? Um, you know, having a high level of communication and, and and understanding for other people and what they're going through, and taking the time to understand their situation, which means maybe you're doing two or three more property visits, and maybe you're digging into the weeds on. You know, their operations more than you, you'd want to or more than the next guy does. But does that give you that extra edge of understanding and, and, and knowledge of, of, of why they're operating the way they are and, and what this client strategy is and how you can add value to that? Um, you know, just always coming from that place of uh, how, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Not what can I get? Um, I, I think, again, this is something that feels universal to me, but I, I, I'm very certain that, that not everybody operates that way. And I think that we want to take that approach uh, to building this book of businesses is, is, you know, being honest, being able to communicate well, treating people right, doing the work, doing the work and doing the work. You know, and, and I think that, you know, ultimately that puts us in a good position for success.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's it's funny as you're you're talking through that. I never really thought about it before, but I do think there are a lot of overlaps, you know. Because again, you mentioned you know I don't necessarily like doing fifteen minutes of of dribbling drills every day or waking up at at you know before the sun comes up to go lift weights. And it's, um, I would imagine it's one of those things. It's it's you you're just doing the work because you know you know it's it's not gonna it's not going to get you necessarily the win, but it puts you in a good position to To be able to strike on the opportunity when it arises to to perform at your best, and so I would think that yeah, a lot of that carries over um, into this industry because you know you could have you could do all you could do all the work, and a deal could not close for for reasons that are outside of your control, or you know there's there's as you may know as you may know there's things going on in the market that are a little bit uh, funky, you know, and, that, and that's not in your control. But if you if you do the work um, day in and day out on the things you can control. I would guess it puts you in a in a pretty good position to to be able to execute when when the opportunity arises
1: i'm so glad that you mentioned that because you know you're 100 percent right in that the deal may still fall apart yeah or you may not win the business or a hundred other things you can't control right but one thing's for sure is that if you don't do the work, you're definitely you're not going to. Right. It. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And so doing the work and doing it, you know, over time and extra and over the, whatever, however you want to call it, like that just gives you the chance that gives you the opportunity to win or lose. Otherwise you're just certainly going to lose, <laughs> at least the way I understand the world, you know? And so um, we, we just have to, continue to work to give ourselves a chance. And, and that's really uh, all, all you can do. And, and the harder you work, I think the, the, the better chance you have, you know, but to your point, you're, there's still going to be ones you lose, but I certainly like my odds when, when I'm, when I'm giving it all I got.
0: Yeah. And, 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 and you know, it's, it's not an individual sport, right? There's um, or not an individual business. I, I don't mean to, I got to be careful with that analogy because it's, we are talking about real sport too. So it's, I mean, it's not an individual business, right? It's, you're part of a team. And and even outside of that, you know, there, there's your clients are part of the team as well, right? You can't do this. You can't have a, a trade without a client or without a deal. Um, and I, and I don't know. I'll have to think more about it. I don't know what the exact analogy is, but I do think there's something interesting about uh, the profession that you've chosen and sports, where you know a lot of the the compensation structure in all things brokerage in real estate is contingent in nature, right? So so it's not like you go to work you know and you work eight hours and then you get paid and you work eight hours and get paid like a lot of other you know salary positions you can work eight hours and eight hours and eight hours and eight hours and, eight hours and a lot of hours and and not get compensated at all um, or you can you can work and get compensated you know it just it's it's all over the place but it's contingent on typically the deal transacting and and I I do think there's um, an interesting parallel there with sports where you said right if if you don't go to the gym or if you do go to the gym, that doesn't guarantee you that you're going to win. If you do put in the extra work, it doesn't guarantee you that you're going to win. But if you don't do the work, it does guarantee that you're you're not going to win. Um, I think that's a very, very interesting parallel that I'm going to be thinking a lot more about in the future. Um, so I like yeah. that. I'm glad we got to talk about that. Um, on, on on kind of maybe a, a future focus, so we've talked about sports and kind of where you came from and, and things, um, going on. And in the previous career, we talked about the transition to the new career. We talked about the the fun community and, and balance and, and investing locally. Um, when, when you think about the future, you know, one of the things I, I mentioned before our call, um, on your LinkedIn profile, it, it talks about legacy. And, um, again, I mean, I think you've had, a 30-year career, you know, at a very young age. So so you've already created a lot of of legacy. But looking forward, where where do you see, you know, like, what what does legacy mean to you? What do you hope to accomplish? You know, where where are the other areas that you hope to be putting in that work day in and day out to to further build um a legacy and and what do you see kind of or hope to see when you look out into the future? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that is a, um, an awesome question. And again, thank you for asking. That's, um, gets my, my brain, brain firing and for everybody listening out there, you know, this is like that classic sitting in the chair with your legs crossed with your hand, like squeezing your head, you know, like, as you try to like squeeze out that, 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 uh, that vision. And, um, there's so many different, ways that I want to kind of make an impact
0: mm-hmm.
1: and for, for things to be hopefully moving in a better direction than when I was here. You know, I, I, you know, when I think about legacy, I always think about kind of what's happening long after you're gone and, and kind of what, what energy and, and, and inertia was, was put into something, you know, to kind of get it going in a, in a good direction. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, getting involved with with the university was always a a, a big goal of mine, and, and and hope to continue to get more and more involved. To hopefully, having a positive impact on other athletes, and um, I, I would like to continue to find ways to to make big impacts on 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 athletes because it is such an important part of my upbringing and my life and getting me to where I am now. And even, you know, 20, 30 years from now, I'm still going to be talking about how much it meant to me um, to be a student athlete and all the things that I learned there. And then, you know, really I, I think one of the, the biggest goals or let's say the kind of focal points right now is really within this community of North Carolina um, you know, I, I, was very fortunate to be able to run a basketball camp for the better part of 10 years. And for the last couple of years, we decided to make it free for the, the kids and, and, you know, really bring in some, some local partnerships, various like business and law enforcement and, uh, the city and all the and hospital systems and all that stuff. But just like, again, getting back to that community. Right. And so I, I guess moving forward one of the biggest things that I think about in in leaving a legacy is is how do you how do you build that community with like so much positive energy that it just kind of it's that self-sustaining community right that that grows and that that people look to and say man yeah look at how they're doing it over there man that's an incredible model let's let's and whether that's let's model our block after that or let's model our neighborhood after that or whatever the case may be. And these are all very abstract ideas, but how do you, how do you build that sense of community where people feel supported? They, they feel, they feel safe. They feel adventurous. They feel like the the world is their oyster. Like, you know what I mean? Like how do you create that and and influence kids to to feel that way, not only kids, you know, adults too, you know, how, how do we build kids that at heart. community? Kids <laughs> at heart. Right. You know, but um, you know, ultimately I think it starts with, with, with the kids, but, but really it's a, it's a concept that can apply to, to all ages. And so again, do I know what that is? No. Do I, do I want to be there and in the middle of it? Yes. Um, have I started to, have I started to, you know, kind of reach the edges of that? I, I think so. Um, and so just continuing to focus on, um, getting involved with a lot of local organizations and, and really just trying to take a hands-on approach to, to, to putting positive energy into the, into the universe. That's uh, ultimately kind of the day by day pitch. And, and then hopefully you can look back 10, 20, 30 years later and say, man, I, I feel good about what I was able to, to, to give to other
0: people. No, I mean it makes perfect sense and, and I'll tell you as someone who, you know, has gotten to know you a little bit over the last um, I don't know, year and change, but since since you've transitioned into the world of real estate, um, I got to say from an outsider's perspective, you seem to be having that impact, you know, industry it just I've seen it at at um, events that we we've been at the same place, you know, in the same places and and conferences and I've heard it from other people out there uh won't name names, but you know people that obviously you you've had an impact on in in the short time that you've been in this industry and and i i gotta tell you i just, i think i think it's um i think it's working and i think it's working in your favor and so i th- i think you're off on the right foot right putting putting the energy out there Because at the at the end of the day you know one and we've talked about this a little bit, but like you know the real estate industry is is so it's such a privilege to have direct impact on community, right? I mean, the, the, if you're selling an apartment building, or if you're helping a developer get a loan or, um, you know, that's, you're, you're literally creating homes, right? I mean, I don't know of a, I don't know of a more tangible and direct impact on community than, than building the, you know, the the place where the coffee shop owner can open their business and, or, or the the cigar shop or the yoga studio, right. Or, or homes or, uh, or offices or or warehouses you know all these different things impact people's lives directly every single day and so I, I think you you are already having that impact and and at the end of the day for any business venture you know sure people want the deals to go through and want the deals to go through well and the, and the technical ins and outs of all of our professions matters but you you also on top of that want to want to work with good people right? Who you trust and who communicate well and who you want to be around. Right. And so, um, I got to imagine again, just from, from, from an outsider's perspective, what I've seen, I I feel like you're, you're on the right track. So I would say, keep it up. Um, and it is, it's, it's the, the triangle market, um, is I think an interesting one as someone who, who didn't grow up here in that it, it feels, uh, small enough. You know, it feels big enough that it's got all the things that, you know, you may want, um, but it's also small enough that that you can have a real outsized impact. I mean, anybody can. Um, and so I, I just I don't know. I'm I'm constantly encouraged, and I, I think doing what you're doing and doing what you mentioned of getting out there and talking to people and and putting positive energy out there and bringing people together is just um, it's just a recipe for success. So I'm excited to watch it watch it keep growing and, and keep going. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just I don't know want to give you a little bit of feedback i, I feel like it's, it's heading in the right I, direction
1: i appreciate that. that that means a lot man so th- thank you so much for saying that and again just just hope that you know a, a, every year you can look back and, and and hopefully have that feedback from somebody else but but even ultimately look at yourself and say you know are, are you doing the things that you want to do that you said you're going to do um you know how are you reaching in and, 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 and giving back and, and making a good impact. So, uh, and, uh, and I love what you said about having that specifically within this industry of yeah. really having that direct correlation to, to, to community. And so it's, it's important. I think it's very important for, for those of us in this industry to have that mindset, you know, to, to not, to be looking at this as much more than transactional because yes. To your point, we want the deals to go well, but what are we creating here? Yeah. What are we helping to create? And is that something that you want to stand behind for the rest of your life? So right. um, just trying to bring those two things together.
0: That's right. And then for better and worse, the, the, the real estate industry is um, has long-term impacts. And and I think, again, I, I'm always excited to hear people who I think think about things in, in a positive way because those long-term impacts can be very positive. And so, um, amen. Yeah, um I'm all for it I'm here for it so with with that as as we kind of wrap wrap up this conversation uh, I'd be interested um because we've talked about a lot of parallels and some of those uh are are new parallels for me to think about between between athletics and the real estate industry but I wonder if if from an advice perspective you know, if and this can be advice that you've been given. It can be advice that you give other people. It, it could be basketball related or, or business related or not. But what, what what's kind of some advice that you you think about that that's going to help you or that would help other people who are looking to do some of the same things that you're working on? Um, what what are some kind of principles or pieces of advice that that come to mind on on transition or, or building good habits or, or putting in the work um, to again build build not just the present but also the future that you hope to see
1: oh man advice I feel like I'm <laughs> that's a it feels strange that like I'm I'd be asked to give somebody advice but ultimately you kind of look back and you think man I actually have kind of experienced a lot of different things and for sure I've got something that somebody can can benefit from but you know, I think one of the things that I always fall back on is um, just being a being a good person. And there's been some advice that I've gotten out there that may use some some words that would take this to like maybe a touch past PG thirteen on the podcast. But basically, you know, don't just be be nice to people. <laughs> be you know, be be a good person. Um, and it's, it's crazy that that falls into the category of advice, you know, that like people need to hear that. Um, but I think it's super important. And then, you know, also, again, just as someone who, who comes from you know athletic background and, and a, a huge shout out to, to Coach Williams and, and, and Coach Smith and really the entire basketball team family and and program at Carolina. But, you know, one of the things that that coach Williams used to always say to us is that it's amazing what can be accomplished when no one cares who gets the credit. Mm -hmm. And so just, you know, I think about where I am now and and, in my position outside of basketball and how that's still so relevant, right? Like, what can I do here to help this team win? Or, or this team be successful. And like, that's really all I'm worried about. I don't care if my name is in the newspaper or whatever, you know, it's like, I just want my team to win. And if everybody has that attitude of, of, of bringing value and, and kind of trying to move towards something together, it's really, really incredible what you can accomplish. And I, there's just so much power in that team. And in that one, common goal Mm -hmm. and not letting anything else get get in front of that and so um i guess you know just being a good person being being willing to work towards um a goal with others i think is is super important but then ultimately kind of on the individual standpoint is just not expecting that you're gonna find like to to know that there's going to be fear involved And then to choose to be courageous, right? Because there's this huge misconception out there that like people who have done great things and have accomplished great things, you know, weren't scared of anything and they just, just dove into it. But, you know, quite the contrary is, you know, most people are scared of a lot of that stuff, but, you know, they found... The courage to outweigh that fear, you know, and and to go through those things anyway. So, I I would, you know, advise people to do the things that they're afraid of. I mean, ultimately, you know, like dive in, try it. Um, And it's not to say that all those things are going to be for you, but I I think there's so much value in, in just doing those things that make you feel a little uneasy and you know, make you feel nervous. And because if if you didn't care about it, I don't think you would be afraid you know, or I don't think you'd be nervous. And so I think when you find those things that kind of give you those little, those little feelings, you just, some that you should try to tap into.
0: Well, I think that goes back to the comment you said, you know, if you don't put in the work, it doesn't guarantee the win, but it, it if you, sorry, if you, if you, what was it? If you, if you put in the work, it doesn't guarantee the win. If, if you don't put in the work, it absolutely guarantees that you won't win. It's the same thing. Like If you, if you do something that, that you're scared of, you may find out that it's not for you, but if you, if you don't try things, it's definitely not going to be for you, right? You're, you're never going to know right. you're not going to have done it. So um, put yourself out there and, and give it a shot with, with that. Is is there anything, you know, that we didn't touch on that, that you wish you had? And, and the answer can absolutely be no, but, but what else is on your mind? Is there anything that we, we didn't cover that you wish we had?
1: Um, you know, for me, Jed, nothing, but when, when you kind of ended that, that question of what's on your mind, um, man, just feeling feeling grateful, honestly, to, to have had this conversation with you, to to be able to talk through these things and to be able to say a lot of these things out loud, because believe it or not, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of value in that for me, um, to, to be able to speak about these things and to, you know, kind of give these ideas and these feelings words. So, um, I appreciate you having me. I appreciate you letting me, you know, share some of my story with, with all those listening. And, um, yeah, man. Looking forward to bumping into you here in Raleigh soon.
0: Yeah, man. Absolutely. And and that's, I mean, it's, again, it's selfishly, uh, you know, I learn by, by talking to people. And so I get to ask all the questions. I, and this, this is very educational for me. And, and that was the whole idea of, of recording these conversations is I, I feel, I feel blessed to be in a position to, to have these conversations and talk to some of the really smart, driven, you know, just incredible folks that I get to. And, uh, so yeah, that's it it, it it goes in reverse too. Just, I'm, I'm so grateful for having the opportunity to have this conversation. And and with that, the kind of the the final final question is is you know, what if you could have the audience, you know, folks listening in, um do something, read something, go see something, what what would you like if if there could be a call to action to the folks listening in, what, what would that be? It's
1: mm, a great question. Um, my call to action would be twofold um call your family today mom dad brother sister niece nephew cousin Mm. whatever pick three of those call them tell them you love them Um, and then two kind of look within a one to let's call it a five mile radius even that's pretty generous i'd say look within a five mile radius and find like some local I mean, I I even hate the word charity, but like some local organization, yeah, a local organization within five miles of you that's doing something positive in the community that resonates with you and not even like go make a donation, but like call them and ask them if there's something that you could do for an hour this month, you know, like on a Saturday or on a Monday morning if you're not going to the office or something, but give your time or, or your energy somewhere right in your local community that's doing something that you feel good about. Uh, I think that those two things um, will ultimately make you feel better and, and are going to be great for other people too, which is like perfect, right? Like mm-hmm. your family member feels great. You feel great because you reconnected. And then like some local organization that you get to help is going to be so grateful for you that you help them and you're going to feel good helping somebody else. So it's like win-wins. I mean, that's what we're in the business in is, is creating win-win situations. And so but let's continue to to think about that moving
0: forward in our lives as well. I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. And I will, uh, I'll absolutely do it. So Marcus, thank you again for your time. This has been fantastic.
1: Thank you, Jed. I really appreciate it.